Welcome to the Native Artist Podcast from Indigify. For weeks, we brought you closer to the unique stories and perspectives of Native artists. My name is Laura Ortman. I'm a White Mountain Apache artist, musician, composer, and live performance artist who works in Brooklyn, New York. I'm your host, Tara Gatewood, and I'm an Isleta Pueblo and Diné broadcaster who's been connecting to the Native art world since my childhood. Over the years, I've had a chance to see how empowering art can be when it's used as a platform to share voices with the descendants of our proud indigenous nations who are also keeping their culture alive and thriving through artistic expressions. This week, via the words and music of Laura Ortman from the White Mountain Apache Nation, I'll take you to New York City to get a glimpse of what it means to be a groundbreaking musician, composer, and performance artist in one of the booming epicenters of art on the planet. We'll hear how she's using her violin, creativity, and soundscaping to imagine the unimaginable. Stay with us as we visit with Laura Ortman. The artist that we're featuring this week knows creativity happens in many different places, even when you have a pair of scissors in your hand or the dye is freshly mixed. See, it's, it's a collaboration. <laughs> I could have done it without you, Tony. <laughs> well put, Laura. <laughs> I think beauty like this comes naturally. <laughs> That's Laura Ortman at the Fringe Salon in New York City, where she also works as a stylist. Creativity comes to her in many different forms, even when she's transforming hairstyles. This is my longtime client, Tony. We are getting back to her roots. <laughs> We're doing a top secret formula of um, a dark golden brown, straight to her roots. So in the light, it's it's dark and it covers the platinum blondes, we call it. <laughs> I love being in Laura's orbit. <laughs> and describe a little where we're currently standing and the significance of having this kind of transformation here. So we're in the Lower East Side right now in Manhattan, uh, Lenape Hill Kong land. Well, I live in uh, Brooklyn, which is across the East River on the other side of Manhattan here. And uh, it's one of the highest points in Brooklyn. It's called Park Slope. It's about 20 minutes on the subway, which I enjoy my subway ride because you go above ground and go across the bridge. So I get to cross the water every day and see the Brooklyn Bridge. Sometimes I walk to work and go across the bridge. It takes about a 45-minute walk, which is perfect. So I get my workout. I've been here at the salon for uh, 11 years now. 11 years going strong. Keeping America beautiful. Without this job, I, would, I wouldn't really, I don't know what I would be doing, you know, to survive as a starving artist. <laughs> and so you did a land acknowledgement, and do you ever think of what this place was before and here you are standing generations later. Do you, ever, do you ever think of that when you're here with clients? Yeah, I mean, 
I've, um, you know, I've lived here for so long. You start, you start to know the big thoroughways, the big streets, the big footpaths, and you can just tell already that they're old, um, long-time trails um, of indigenous people from way back ago. You know, I, I live on Flatbush Avenue, which is one of the largest, longest streets in Brooklyn. It goes all the way across uh, Brooklyn. They say like out in the woods, you have a, a, tra a party of three leaves a trail for a long time and such like that. But it's a really loud street that I live on. And um, you know, I can, I can live there and do my music and be as loud as I want. And I call Flatbush Avenue my river. <laughs> you know, I, someday I'll live in front of a real river, hopefully, but for now it'll have to do the nitty grittiness of New York. Laura in full force with her violin. She also bends sound on her Apache violin and at times also with a megaphone in hand. She's also known for making many surfaces sing, which we'll hear more about in this episode. This winter, I had a chance to visit her at her rehearsal studio in Brooklyn, where many compositions she's released into the world began. Among different instruments lining the walls and sprinkled throughout the room, Laura etches out a space for her and the different delay pedals that help her ignite the music we're hearing so I could see how she builds her art. Here's some of the map on how it all comes together. And so then this is just a regular acoustic violin. And then when I started playing crazier, louder shows, I had a pickup installed on it. And the pickup is attached to the bridge, which is right above the sound post. And, uh, and then uh, the pickup goes through all these series of pedals. I play through a lot of different kinds of delay. I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six, six pedals. It's funny, I've never counted them before. <laughs> Woo. So, delay. All different kinds of delay and then uh, I have my memory man which is one of my favorites it has a chorus on it which I really like so I play with my feet so I can always have different ways of altering the sound And then I have a tremolo pedal, which I like to use with vibrato. So here's a, just a note with vibrato. Which you just do only with your finger. So then if you do add the tremolo pedal and do vibrato, it's fun. It's really fun. And then on my amp, which I like, it has a tremolo on it too. So you put all three together. Whee! Here's the memory man. And the 
then my fourth pedal is an octave pedal, super octave. So, you, you know, here's the lowest note on the violin. And then you add the octave pedal, which is really cool. You can become a horror film instantly. Fun, huh? Fifth pedal is another delay pedal, the Mooger Fruger. It's really great. It's really, um, it, it takes a while to understand it, which I like. I'm still learning a lot about my pedals. And then my last pedal, um, there's a sampler on there, so you can sample a loop. But I have a chorus on here too. Here's without. And then here's with a chorus. It's kind of cool. And then, uh, yeah, you can sample yourself. You can play yourself. Guess which one is the real Laura? And so dis <laughs> dissecting it that way, it, it really brings you into just what all is going on. But when you're doing it, what is going on in your head when you're going through the different pedals or, or you're reflecting on what you're hearing or you're, you're the leader? It's interesting that space you can play where you're the leader, you're the background, you're, you're the one who comes in and just does it up. And, and talk to me about that. Yeah, well, you know... Um I practice a lot, so I, I know these pedals pretty well. So I record stuff, so I, I listen back to what actually I what grabs my attention for, for some reason. Like, okay, I'm thinking about a really small waterfall in the Rocky Mountains or something like that. So you're kind of like... thinking about a Caribbean neighborhood out in Flatbush, like. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, you're, you're, you're working towards um, whatever message you're trying to convey. And a lot of it is about space and creating space or recalling space. 
Can you call your White Mountain Apache space here? Yeah. I made um, several pieces of music about where I'm from. They're either like take place in the nature of where I'm from, um, in the skies, trajectories between where I'm from and, you know, the coldest, darkest parts of the world, which I'll never, ever get to see. You know, I, I like to pull out that, that dynamic. So, you know, it kind of helps you uh, give give you a grounding between what, what you know, like the back of your hand and the unimaginable, imaginable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, you know, and it's either like has to do with that or it has to do with, you know, my, my family and, and um, all my people and ancestors and, you know, just kind of something that has to do with the heart, which which is the only way you can do it is through like a sound, like to connect with um, with all the, the, the hearts of your ancestors. And being here in this place, there are also indigenous people to recognize. And talk to me about bringing them into your space too. The violin is, is my medium for um, sculpture and, and um, uh, atmosphere and emotion. So I, I work a lot with the moving image. So I work with um, dancers, indigenous dancers, indigenous filmmakers, artists, poets, you know. It's, it's so malleable where it's actually, it's fun and important to know your voice, you know, so deeply, but then doesn't it sound better with two? <laughs> you know, sometimes it can, you know, it, it's just about working with other spirits that really know what they're doing too and kind of like walking and dancing together like that. So we just find each other and we really get excited about being together. Like my work with uh, Nanaba Becker and Jack Soto. I mean, Nanaba is a filmmaker and Jack is a dancer and then I do the music. So we're we're kind of like a little trifecta. That I mean, I'm sure if we didn't have these, these things that we do, we would have still been friends no matter what. So... So why don't we just work and play together? Coming up after the break, we'll hear what happened on that collaboration with Laura, Jacques, and Nanaba. Since the dawn of time, the salmon have returned. Compelled by instinct, they respond in the millions. A reminder that, with purpose and perseverance, we can chart the course of our future. As Bristol Bay Native Corporation has done for nearly 50 years, investing in future generations here in a place that's always been. I'm Tara Gatewood, and we put the spotlight on Laura Ortman. She says her music is an extension of her heart and her emotions. We appreciate Laura taking us behind the scenes and sharing her sound formula before the break. In 2019, her work was included in New York City's Whitney Museum of Art Biennial Show, 
which is a prestigious showcasing of artists working in different mediums, including film, painting, sculpture, performance and sound, to name a few. It was Laura's collaboration with Danae ballet dancer Jock Soto and Danae filmmaker Nanaba Becker that caught the eye of the show's curators. Her video installation is titled My Soul Remainer. Connecting with other artists is something that also seems to catapult Laura's artistic beauty to new horizons. Her work has also received center stage in many venues internationally and nationally, including the National Museum of the American Indian, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. And here's your chance to connect with her audible art. I now release you into her creativity. This is what plays on Laura's video installation that caused many to think about indigenous people beyond stereotypes in the 2019 Whitney Biennial. The imagery that goes along with this sound features her creating energy with her violin, or as she says, her wood that sings. In many shots, she's standing in the middle of a forested area, as well as alongside a flowing body of water and several other energetic landscapes. Along with the natural elements of the scenery and the interwining dance of light and texture, Danae ballet dancer Jock Soto is a character that gently maneuvers throughout her sound and hugs a jagged grouping of rocks as if embracing her rapid notes. The two create a narrative that seems to grow each time you watch them on the video installation. When Laura attended art school at the University of Kansas, she took an interest in sculpture and installation work. As her art career began to build, she started making music to go along with her art pieces. She says these mediums inform the sound painting that we've heard this episode. Being able to see her perform live is never a static journey as she so often pulls the minor intricacies of any place into her compositions. Here's a sample. This is her playing on top of the water. Thank you for writing the Staten Island Fair. You're welcome.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Devon. First of all, I would like to apologize for any disturbance on my behalf. I feed the homeless and I feed the hungry. Is there anybody else on this boat who's hungry? Especially the children. I donated one penny. One penny. All more you can make them. Please, help us help feed the homeless. Help keep our food program alive. Is there anyone here who's kind of help? We don't ask too much, guys. Give me one penny. Help us help feed the homeless. And this is Laura again at the Bert Chernow Gallery of the Housatonic Museum of Art, where I got a chance to see her musical theory come to life in downtown Bridgeport, Connecticut. It was there that she provided the sound to echo her longtime friend Rachel Owen's exhibition titled The Hypogene Tip. Here's exactly how she musically reflected Rachel's installation. It was a work of art that took a critical look at the city's history. Rachel's creations included porch casts that lay atop different scaffolds at various heights. The casts were made of colorful glass and natural fibers and were molded from parts of the homes at the area's historic Little Liberia, which is a pre-Civil War community that housed free African Americans in the early 1820s on the city's south end. There's a lot to work with here, so it's really, I was really inspired to play. So. And as you were playing, were the colors also telling you a story? Yeah, absolutely. I, and these are um, kind of encased in, in resin and stuff, and I, you know, I, I play with tree sap and rosin, and so I felt like kind of like a um, kinship, <laughs> you know, and the different ambers and colors that really, you know, speak to me. Like when some, something that's on the verge of, being wiped out, but then also being renewed at the same time. That's I was thinking about that a lot with these houses that, you know, 
hopefully we'll be saved. And uh, but like Rachel is saying, these are the some of the last times these the porches will actually be walked on and played on because they're cast from an original porches are rotten so they're going to make new ones so these are the last of the <laughs> it's just stuff like that you're like whoa I can play to that you know <laughs> that was Laura moments after the final strum of her bow closed out her performance back at her studio a day later Laura went into further detail to how these songs are formed and how the spirited performance I got to experience was a testament to letting the environment and its objects dictate the notes. I guess I just started realizing that to improvise was the start of composing. And so, I mean, I still do it. I improvise and listen to what I like, and I, I learn how to play it, and then I'm ready for the show. You know, like, ooh, I know this. You know, it seems like sometimes it's, like, just made up. But, it's, no, there's a lot of hard, hard work and... Um, passion put into like a little trill at the top of the string or something. <laughs> like, oh, this is the part where I get to do that. Whee! <laughs> Seeing what you did there is is really, I think, you know, when, when we're given all these tools and you see these tools used well, it tells story. And, and I'd love for you to reflect anything about your performance the other evening. And of course, all the history that goes with the place you were reflecting, you were playing on, um, you climbed over, climbed under, around. <laughs> Let's go dancing. <laughs> Anything you want to share about that? Yeah, it's um, reproducing um, without actually having the thing you're trying to reproduce. Like Rachel Owens casts this porch that's basically rotting away. And so she casts it so it can kind of live in its form right before it turns into dust or something. And there's a long story behind these porches where eons have walked and talked and lived on. So I, I'm I like kind of playing, playing to those fabricated steps. It's playing to that continuation of um, the stories that, you know, these these floors and walls could talk um, so much about, <laughs> you know, and, um, and how it built this city, you know. So I, I'm trying to, to play to the energy of that, where it, it comes from. You remember when it was first brand new porch? Somebody remembers that. Somebody built that porch to walk on and to come outside for a smoke or a fresh air or whatever, um, you know, people do on porches. On that that walk is something that um, that has a beginning, middle, and endless. You know, so um, yeah, I was trying to <laughs> bring out the the vibe of the memory. White Mountain Apache artist Laura Ortman for allowing us to revel in her creative circle. Knowing that her art is exploding boundaries and freeing much needed indigenous knowledge is a true inspiration. You can find out more about the Native Artist Podcast at nativeartistpodcast.org. 
If you're enjoying the show, make sure to rate, subscribe, and comment. Theme music by Anouk Artist Reet. Additional music in this episode from Laura Ortman and DJ Boogie the Beat. The Native Artist Podcast is supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts, the Siri Foundation, supporting Alaska Native education, culture, and heritage since 1982, and Bristol Bay Native Corporation. This episode is produced by me, Tara Gatewood. This has been a production of Indigify. Indigify.